You're listening to Chicago's Gospel Podcast, a show that explores how the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ shapes your life in an ever-changing city. In each episode, we'll take you on a tour of the city to discover how the gospel speaks into both the unique opportunities and challenges Christians face in an urban context. This is a show from Chicago and for Chicago. So let's get to work. He isn't gregarious. He's not tall. He doesn't look like a Brooks Brothers model who doesn't wear skinny jeans or have a charismatic presence. He's not an extrovert or a backslapper or a deal, deal maker. He doesn't headline conferences or write books. That is our guest today. He wouldn't even be on your B list. He wouldn't be on his own B list, according to him. These are the opening words of a 2018 article from the Gospel Coalition about our guest today. He comes to us all the way from the west side, not New York, not Los Angeles, but Chicago. If we've ever had a guest on our show that is more Chicago than anyone, uh, it is our guest today. We welcome today Brian Dye. Welcome, Brian. From the west side of the city, Garfield Park. Welcome, brother. Thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, I actually forgot all about that article until you just read that line. And now I feel some kind of way, yeah. you know? How flattering. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? What an introduction. Yes. He did not come to uh, our podcast today in, in skinny jeans, but uh, just his normal attire. Uh, I have known Brian for the as long as I've been in Chicago since 2007. And Brian has been in Chicago for all his life, except for what, a few years at college, right? Yeah, I went away to Ohio for college. Yeah. Um, so the question becomes like, where to start with this guy? This is, uh, Brian Dye is a, is a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, he's a churchman. He is a true Chicago. And so we have to really limit ourselves on how we talk about this guy. And he's not going to be, you know, um, beating his own chest on anything. So we're going to try to extract some things that you should know about this this brother. Um, Brian is a, uh, he is, in my opinion, one of the most influential Christians in Chicago. Mm. Praise um, the Lord. Yes. And this is not to, you know, to tip the hat towards, you know, like, the 40 under 40, even though Brian's over 40 years old. but He, he uh, keeps complimenting you. I know, right? Yeah. Only yeah. six years. Like, you make it sound like I'm in my 80s or something. <laughs> well, isn't like 80, like the new 60 or something? Like <laughs> yeah, 60 yeah. is the new 40. Well, um, I think we're going to start this way with, with Brian, and then we're going to go from here because this this is a fascinating brother who I think our church needs to learn from and there are a lot of churches that already experienced Brian's influence. Mm. Um, and if you know Brian and look at Brian, you're thinking, no, he's, I've seen him up front a lot, but that's not his like jam. Mm. So speaking of your jam, Brian, you're married to Heidi for 23 years. So I know much of who you are. Half of your life now, right, is Heidi. You're a bride. But tell us who Brian Dye is. What is Brian Dye in like a sentence or a paragraph? Like if we, if we had to cut it off right now, 
Who are you? That's a good question. And I'll even go back to, you know, you mentioned Brian and Heidi. When, uh, you know, you read in the scriptures, Priscilla and Aquila, you know, there's it's hard to name one without the other. Right. Um, it's really hard to describe who I am without my wife. Um, shout out to Heidi. Shout out to, to the amazing, lovely Heidi Die. Do you uh, think been, she's going to listen to this podcast? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that makes three wives. We still so I'm kidding. Her. The Lord knows we just honored her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I might make her. Um, <laughs> been married for 23 years. Yeah, exactly half of my life. And uh, everything that I do, she is right there alongside mm-hmm. of me. And I would hope the same vice versa. She She works in the public schools. And, and I engage as much as I can with the work that she does. Um, everything I do, again, she is hands-on. We've, we've had 200-plus young men who've lived with us in 23 years of marriage. <laughs> what wife would do that, you know? Yep. Um, Usually and, one man is enough. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And these, these, I mean, some have been mature, you know, young believers who are just seeking discipleship and, you know, maybe a little more maturity and so forth. But um, a lot of the people that we've had, we've had uh, people with drug addictions. We've had homeless. Um, we've had very immature uh, teenagers um, who carried a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife has become a mother uh, to to so many of them. And so, but going back to your question, yeah, what, I think what would summarize me and Heidi um, would be three things. One, we love to bring people together. Uh, we know the power of community. We know the power of collaboration. Um, I grew up on public aid. I grew up, you know, poor, poor. Um, and uh, you just had to make do with whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So come home hungry from school and the fridge is bare except for some mayonnaise and so you and some bread and so you make a, a mayonnaise sandwich you know you mm. you don't have any uh anything but water and so but you have a little sugar so you make some sugar water and pretend it's Kool-Aid and mm. um you just you 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 you're missing some eggs and you want to make a, a an egg uh you know omelet or something and you go knock on your neighbor's door right so mm. there's a lot of Again, dependence upon others when mm. you grow up poor. Uh, this wasn't optional for you. It wasn't optional, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so in the same thing with, with ministry, it's how much more powerful will we be when churches collaborate, right? One church may have a, a van. Another church has a gym, right? Mm. Um, another church has a, 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 a basement with some space, right, that's available. Um what does it look like when we collaborate, when we know each other, when we walk with each other, when we encourage each other, when we speak positively of each other? Um, so, so networking, bringing people together is one thing. Um, second, I, w- I would say, is leadership development. You know, Jesus' final words to his disciples were, go make disciples. And, and a disciple is uh, someone who is fully developed, right, who mm. looks like Jesus. Mm. And so um, I think... Most of us are good at finding disciples, right? <laughs> so a church with a big budget could go and recruit the best worship leader, recruit the best youth pastor, recruit the best pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but who's raising up these leaders? Mm. Right? Making them. Who's making them? 
You know, it, it's it's like cooking, right? We all like to go out and eat at a restaurant <laughs> because we don't have to make nothing, right? right? Um, but what does it look like to really find someone who who is not even walking with Christ yet, share the gospel with them over however long that takes right. until they uh, understand it and, and the Holy Spirit works in their heart, revives them, right? Uh, to now maturing them in the faith, Right, and then develop them for for leadership, and so leadership development is is, is something that's huge for for my wife and I. Yeah, uh, and then the the third thing I would say is uh, one is is networking, two is is leadership, and then three. What did I share with you earlier? I had another amazing thing. You did, and I was just trying to buy some time by down. repeating it, <laughs> and I can't think of it right now. Um, but. Uh, I think it had something to do with mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, <laughs> mayonnaise sandwiches, yeah. No. Uh, leadership development and networking. Um, It'll come to us as soon come. as we stop the Man. episode. So, but let me ask you something as as we brainstorm that. So you make that fascinating point that from your own experience, even not necessarily thinking about like growth spiritually, but just growing up. You recognize that community wasn't optional, like this was necessary. Community engagement. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, community so, engagement. So yeah, yeah. There re- we go. Re- I'm glad the, I bought you some reaching time. Reaching the unchurched, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut yeah, you off it. now. But but yeah, what is it? We are the salt of the earth, right? We're the light of the world. Um, and what good does it do for salt to stay in a salt shaker and not get on food, right? What good does it do for light to stay inside and not shine in darkness right that we as believers are called to continuously engage the broken but what we tend to do as christians is uh because we want to mature because we want to grow we put ourselves around other people who are going to help that process Mm. which is we need christian community right um but that should be a process of building us up so that we could be sent out right right what does it what does it look like on our work at a workplace in our community you know in our apartment complex yeah uh to to really let the gospel that is that we say has impacted us to begin to do a work in others yeah yeah when you think about those three networking leadership development community engagement it seems apparent to me that the common denominator about uh, this brother's life and ministry is is others focused and I would assume that that article obviously begins with these things that aren't flashy about this guy to eventually make the point that in your Christ-like humility, in your outward focus towards loving your neighbor, this is actually having a disproportionate impact on the kingdom. Uh, I know you probably won't and, affirm that about yourself, but yeah, I, I would and, affirm and I, that. I, and I would say on me, right? Yeah. There's there's something beautiful about the the way that the kingdom of God works that when we give ourselves away, we receive back, right? right? right. The the disciples, when Jesus multiplied the fish and loaves, they each had a basket yeah. that wasn't there in the beginning, yeah. right? That the, they could eat from and, and feed others. Um, and so there's something beautiful about when, when we give our money away and see how it blesses other people, that brings joy to us, right? When we open up our house, you know, initially I'm an, I'm an extreme introvert. Um, I like my alone time. Um, I, I like quiet and solitude and so forth. And But yet when I give myself away, right, 
Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the, 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 the growth that happens in other people, right? The matured maturing that happens in other people that brings me life, right? Um, hmm. when I'm ministering to people and, and I don't know what to say and I don't know how to help them in their marriage situation or whatever they're going through, drug addiction, whatever it is, um, and and it leads me to a dependence in prayer that I didn't have before, you know. Wow. Um, so the the you know the the kingdom of God again has a way of returning tenfold to to <laughs> whatever we gave away. Right, right, and it's not in the way that the world might expect the tenfold return, but it but it's even better. Yeah, yeah. So let let me press into that community development again. Didn't wasn't optional we might think that it's optional you know some people who aren't forced into that into that scenario but i think that's actually it's an illusion it's it's a facade it's it's uh that's not actually true we we all need community um so what have you learned about that as you've sought to network and and develop communities about training potentially complacent Christians. I'm not accusing our people at Addison of that. I think it's a normal temptation for, for a lot of Christians, but how, how do you encourage people who might not sense how vital this is to be like, oh, you need this more than you realize? Yeah. I think it's one is to remember our own story, right? That someone shared the gospel with us. It might have been a family member. It might have been a teacher. It might have been, you know, a neighbor, whoever, right? Someone shared the gospel with us at a point that we needed to hear that gospel. And and some for some of us it might have been they shared multiple times and or multiple people shared, right? Um so I think it's coming back to the basic gospel truth, reminding ourselves of that, <laughs> right? I once was X, Y, and Z, right? I once was lost. Mm-hmm. I once was blind. Right. Um someone stepped out of their comfort with the fear of rejection, with the fear of not having the right words to say, right, of not knowing enough scriptures, you know, they they push through those fears and share the gospel with us. They prayed for us. They loved on us, right? Um, and so what would it be like for me to keep that to myself, you know, mm, right. um, so so one we, again, we need to be reminded of the gospel. Um, two, it's just it, you know what you guys are cool, but we're gonna spend all eternity together. You know, <laughs> like I'm gonna get bored of you, like <laughs> right. real quick. You know, I would think after a hundred years or two hundred years, it's like we've told all the same stories already. You know, <laughs> we've done everything together. <laughs> It's like, man, I want to. <laughs> I'm Feelings not. Feelings are mutual, Brian. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a cool right story. Right now, we we there are people all around us again in our workplaces, in our communities, uh, wherever we play, right? Who we may not spend eternity with, right? Oh. Um, at least as things stand right now, and so, man, let me spend time with them. Let me engage them, and and. Again, one, you know, God's going to do a work in my heart through it. Uh, but two, we never know this, that little mustard seed, the power within it, right, until we sow it, until we plant it. And so let's scatter the seed broad, 
You know, let's let's again build relationships. Let's engage people. And so, me and Heidi, you know, we have countless stories of individuals, whether it's a teenager uh, that we endured with and had live in our home and share the gospel with, or whether it's a homeless person or or a drug addict. Um, again, people that at first glance, yeah, that's that that person's never going to receive the gospel. You guys live in a high rise over Millennium Park, right? No, we, we we're on the west side, you know, um, where where there's bullets flying and you know there's drug deals going on all the time, and there's a lot of brokenness and so forth. And not that everyone's caught in that community, right? But if if someone does live in a high rise above overlooking Millennium Park, right? There's you know there's lostness all around us. Yeah, there's right. people who who are chasing after money, who are chasing after fame, who are chasing after notoriety, who, you know, chasing after. I always tell people we sin is really just a result of chasing after legitimate needs in illegitimate ways, mm. right? Say that again. Um, we we chase after Ill- we chase after legitimate needs, but we do it in illegitimate ways, right? Really we good. all have a void. You know, um, but it's a it's a God shaped void, right? God's the only one who can meet that void, um, and so we might turn to again a career, thinking that if I get this, if I make six figures, if I have this kind of home, right, people are gonna look at me and be impressed with me, and and we realize no, people aren't gonna do that. People are just gonna ask you for more money. You know, <laughs> you can have all your crazy uncles and and everything <laughs> right, right. like ask you for a loan, right? I didn't know that person still um, my number, <laughs> right? Um, and God is the only one, right, who could look upon us and 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 with full acceptance and never be disappointed in us, right? And so we 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 need to find what we're looking for in God, right? And 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 so how do we help? Uh, others to 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 find what they're looking for in God. It's good. So Brian, um, you've been around a while. Lived in the same house in what in Garfield Park for how long? Uh, twenty three years. Twenty three years. Wow. You moved in there right when you. Got I'm married. sorry, I said twenty three. Eight. Uh, Nineteen years. Nineteen, 19 years. years. Okay. You born and raised in Chicago. You had a small hiatus for college in Ohio. Right. Mm-hmm. Then came back to the city. Mm-hmm. So most of your existence has been in one place. Uh, you've probably watched trees grow and seen, you know, uh, things that were come out of things that weren't. Um, not that you're God. Talk to us about longevity. You've seen people come and go out of the city. Maybe they were the people who were like me when I came a long time ago who are just recently influenced by Tim Keller and the likes of church plant in the city and stuff like that. You've seen a lot of those come and go. Um, Not that we want to denigrate good reasons for God moving us on. What does it take to live in a city for a long time? What prevents us from being the next people that pull our, our, our tent stakes up and go down to Florida or Texas? How do we, how do Christians think about dwelling in yeah, a city. Yeah. Good question. So, and I would add that it's not just ministry people. It's people come to the city for careers, right? And um, make make the money. And then once they got the money and now start to have kids, they 
they look to invest that money somewhere else, right? And mm-hmm. get a big home with a big yard and so forth, right? None of that stuff is necessarily bad, right? Like city lots are are what they are. Yeah, I forget yeah. the measurements, but they're not huge, right? Um, you know, your neighbors are having a, a marriage dispute, you're going to hear it, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Or if you're having a marriage dispute, your neighbors are hearing it, right? Um, there's, there's, you're, you're in close proximity to other people, right? Um, there, more people, more crime, right? Um, and so uh, taxes, right? There's, there's more things to, to pay for in a city, right? And so thus, thus the city is going to tax, right, for that. There's, you know, if you don't know parking rules, you know, you're going to get those tickets and then eventually there's going to be a boot on your car and, yeah. you know, that gets annoying after after the first couple times, right? Or we're, and, we're sick of uh, school strikes and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe your neighborhood school is, an, is the greatest school and, you know, there's a lottery system to try to get into other schools. Oh, and, man. You know, um, so there's there's challenges, right, of, of urban living, but there's also challenges of rural living. There's challenges of suburban living as well, right? Mm-hmm. Most suburban contexts, right, you, you don't even get to know your neighbors, right, because everyone just kind of pulls into their garage and goes into their home and, and so forth, right? And, and people in the suburbs are driving to the city when they want to have good food and when they want to go to a concert or whatever, right? <laughs> there's pros and cons to wherever we live, right? Sure. Um, but Acts seven seventeen, you know, God says He determines our allotted periods of time and, and our allotted boundaries, right? Uh, so that people could be drawn to Him, right? Um, God is sovereign in where He places us, whether that's five years, fifty years, whatever the case is, right? And so I, I think it's it's realizing, hey, I'm not here just because of my decisions, my choices, what I want. Hmm. I'm here because God has put me here, right? Yeah. I, again, can people move from the city? Sure. I don't know why they would ever do that. I think Chicago is the, the greatest place to ever live. I mean, Amen. <laughs> when we think about it, like... You, if you have kids, you can go to a library and get a museum pass for free. You don't have to pay, right? You've yeah. got the lakefront. I mean, it's, it's basically like a beach without sharks and salt water, <laughs> you know? Um, it's like it's 20 miles long of lakefront, you know? It's There's free concerts all the time at Millennia Park. There's movies in the park, right? All throughout the city. You can watch any movie, right? Um, the world comes to Chicago. The world comes to Chicago, right? The best restaurants, best food. Right. Um, Shout out to uh, what? Oh yes, well, um, Lincoln. No, Bolivar and Lincoln is uh, where right we took our brother field. for his thank you lunch for being yeah. on the show. Uh, shout out to the Venezuelan owners. They're down yeah. on Sheffield near Wrigley Field. But whatever, we digress. Whatever food you want, you can find it in Chicago. Right. Yep. Um, and so I think Chicago is beautiful. I, I, you know, again, I, I shared briefly already. I live in a very violent neighborhood. West Garfield Park, it's, it's the per capita is, has the highest murder rate in the mm. city. It's a op, uh, drug, open air drug market. You know, people are overdosing on, on drugs all the time. Um, so there's, you know, but that's not every neighborhood, right? Again, wherever you live in the city, there's beauty and, and there's there's brokenness. Yes. Um, and I, I think so often our, our human nature is, man, I, I want to 
pursue peace for me and my family. I want quiet. I want space. I want good schools. I want. I want. I want. I, I want. want. And that's not necessarily bad, right? Because we should want good for our kids sure. and, and our spouses and so forth, right? Um, but you know, Jeremiah twenty nine. You know, when Israel is in captivity in Babylon, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we need to get up out of here because they don't worship the same God we worship." You know, do you? Do you hear what they teach in their schools? And, you know, do you know how much they're charging us for taxes? And, you know, and they had all the same complaints, you know. And God sends his, sends his prophet, you know, settle down, plant gardens, build homes. What he's telling them is, like, beautify your community, right? Hmm. Um, seek the peace, the shalom in the city. And when, you, when, when your city has it, you will have it basically mm-hmm. you're right it's 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 the idea man you know when we moved down our block 18 years ago there were literally there's probably like one murder a year on average for the first several years on my block not in the neighborhood on the block there were shootings we had a bullet go through our bedroom you know um we saw shootings you know um there were drug deals happening right in front of our house um obviously we want to see that changed because sure. again, Christians are supposed to bring salt and light, right? Uh, to, to their surroundings, to their context, to their city. And, uh, so I could find that in, in one of two ways I could move my wife and, and, and find somewhere that's safer and quieter and so forth. Right. But that doesn't fix the problem that just removes us from the problem. And mm-hmm. as Christians who are sought in light, we're not called to move light from darkness. We're called to move light into darkness. We're not called to move sought from the world. We're called to move sought to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so who better to make an impact than someone who than someone who has the Holy Spirit living in them, who has the power of the gospel uh, in their heart, right, that, that has the love of the Father, uh, that that has the, the 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 son right, who's constantly interceding for us, right, um, and so what we've committed to do is, man, we we want to be here long enough to see the block changed. <laughs> wow, and, and we've seen that like, there hasn't Lord. been a murder on our block in probably seven, eight, maybe ten years now. Wow. You know, when again it was it was regular. Um, the the Drug dealing has greatly diminished um, on our block. Um, it's it's cleaner. It's more peaceful. We're this Saturday. We're having our second block party on our block uh, this summer. This summer, you know, uh, yeah. the second, right? We're bringing neighbors together. Not not just me and Heidi. I'm not saying we as me and Heidi. I'm saying our block. The uh, those who are you know we 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 have a, a block club that we. we uh, have been part of for this past year. It took, took a long time to form this block club. Um, and, uh, but there's seven or eight neighbors who are now part of this, this monthly meeting. And, uh, we're spending time praying. We're talking through this past Sunday. We're talking about like theology, like salvation. And so these aren't all Christians. These, these are all, all the people who have been coming are, are professing Christians. I gotcha. Right? So I, I'm, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to try to make any final determination. <laughs> um, You're right. 
there may be different levels of maturity and so forth, but but these are all professing Christians, and and we're seeing change happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and this past year, me and Heidi, you know, have made a commitment. All right, let's move beyond our block and let's move broader community. Mm. And so we started doing community walks, like a mile, mile and a half every day now, and just engaging other neighbors. Mm. We're meeting other Christians. We're meeting other elders who, who want to see change. We're meeting young people, yeah. you know. We just hired 44 students, 11 through 19, from our community. Uh, we raised some money, and we're imploring them to to clean up the community. We're imploring them to see themselves as the as a solution to the problem. Of their this community. is Hood Heroes. This is through Hood Heroes, a program right. of, of legacy. Um, and, again, it, it's, it's because— we believe that God has placed us there for a purpose, right? And so, so one, it's again the beauty. Why, why stay in Chicago? You know, my my sales pitch would be one, the food, <laughs> two, the lakefront, <laughs> three, all the things that there are to do, right? Yeah. But it's it's the people, you know, it, it's it's the people whom God wants us. To be his hands and feet, his mouthpiece to to reach. I love that. You know, I love that. Um, so, in, in essentially, you know, forty six years living here, uh, we'll close with this just for this episode. We're going to have you on for another episode, uh, but in your forty six years, how critical has been the one unchanging gospel for you? As you see this ever shifting city and and even group of people and and everything, mm-hmm. how how important has been that unchanging gospel in the midst of all that change? Yeah, so I'm not super old. I don't think I'm forty forty six, right? I'm old, but I've, I've been around long enough to see that every generation thinks that the generation behind them is the worst generation ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It's always like, oh, the the world's going to hell in a in a in a handbasket, you know, type type talk, right? Yeah. Um, and you see the same things, you know, on Twitter or I guess it's called X now, or, <laughs> you know, on the news, whatever, you know, Chicago this, Chicago that, right? And uh, brokenness has been around since the Garden of Eden, since Adam and Eve took from their fruit. Uh, because they chose their desire above God's desire, right? Brokenness has come into this world, has caused brother, brother and brother to fight and kill each other. It, it, it's put enmity between us all, right? There's been wars and rumors of wars, again, going as far back as we know. Um, people who actually used to go running around, stab each other with swords i mean it's like Mm. like come on you know the world's not worse than it was it's always been broken Mm -hmm. and uh the 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 one saving grace through every generation has been the gospel the good news of jesus christ right that Mm. that god wants to restore and is in the work and the business of restoring the brokenness right reversing the curse Oftentimes we could think of the gospel like affecting our eternal salvation state, right? Sure. And that's one aspect of it. But Jesus came, he gave sight to the blind, he fed the hungry, right? It's it's in every area that that sin affected civilization, humanity, 
right? The gospel fixes, the gospel Amen. cures, right? So if there's enmity between humanity, the gospel reverses that, right? If, 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 if work is hard and sweaty and so forth, the gospel reverses, right? The, we can find joy in work, right? Yeah. Um, if, if, if husband and wife are at beef and odds with each other, who's leading and so forth, right? The gospel restores that. And so the gospel throughout every generation has always been the same, right? That, that God has sent his Messiah, his Christ, right, into the world to, to take on our brokenness and, and to crush it beneath his feet, Amen. right? Um, it, and so that's, that's what I hope for here in 2023 and what hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll still hold on to in 2033, you know, and, um, and, and generations 100 years from now. You know, we'll still have that same hope. Yeah, so good. That sings to my ears, gave me chills, but it's exactly right. And it's just amazing to hear that unchanging gospel and how that is so clearly working itself out in your life and ministry. So we're so grateful to God for you, Brian. Uh, thanks for um, participating with us in this in this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to this, we'd love to hear what you think. Leave us a review. Tell us that you want Brian back because I'm sure you do. Um, And we look forward to chatting with you next time. God bless. Thanks for joining the conversation on Chicago's Gospel Podcast. If you're benefiting from these conversations, consider sharing this podcast episode with a friend or neighbor. We would also love to hear about topics you want to discuss. So reach out to us with your ideas at gospel at ASCCChicago.org. Until next time, remember that Christ's unchanging gospel is transforming your life in an ever-changing city.